0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Let's jump in today. Um, I wanted to show you this. As I was studying today... And you saw in the in the title of the broadcast, Hey, Yana, love you. Good to see you. Hey, Judy, love you guys. Take a minute to share that. Listen to this. As I was doing our, our Bible reading today, one of the things that really jumped out at me is that there is a, a purpose, a supernatural purpose for your freedom. It's interesting to me that people just want to be... Um, Healed, yeah, I know, Shamar. That's why I did that. <laughs> Best boss ever. Um, there's, there's. It's interesting to me that people they they just look at healing very one dimensionally. They look at deliverance one dimensionally. They look at blessing financially one dimensionally, and they look at it from an inward perspective. I'm healed for me. I am delivered for me. I am blessed for me. But one of the things that I noticed in uh, our Bible reading today was that there's more to it than that, and you are free for a purpose. I want you to write that in the comments as we're starting. I'm free for a purpose. I am free for a purpose. That's, that. that's what we need to cover, cover today because the enemy, he works very hard to try to destroy the people of God and obviously those that aren't the people of God. He comes to steal and kill and destroy But one of the things that you need to realize and recognize is that you've been called, like Jesus was, for a purpose. There's a purpose on every believer's life. You're not insignificant in the body of Christ. You're very important. You are extremely important in the body of Christ. Paul made that point. Do you know that? Paul said that every one of us are members in particular, in the body of Christ. And that we can none of us can say we don't have need for the other people in the body. We all need each other. Paul taught that. And so every one of us are vitally important in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God has attached a purpose to our lives. There's something we're called to accomplish for the kingdom, and our responsibility is to discover what it is and pursue it with all of our heart. And so you have a purpose. And the reason I had you type, I'm free for a purpose, is because one of the reasons the devil attacks you is because he knows that you're anointed, and he knows that you're important, and he knows that you're powerful, and he knows you have a purpose to fulfill. And what he wants to do is to hinder you in such a way that you cannot fulfill your purpose. And so it's more than just destroying your life. And of course, that's his ultimate desire and goal. He wants to destroy your life. But also what he doesn't want you to do is to become empowered and to know what you're called to do, focus on it, accomplish your purpose, and destroy his kingdom. That's what he doesn't want to happen. And so what does he do? Preemptively, even before you might be able to discover your purpose, or start engaging in your purpose. He tries to attack, and tries to use that attack to to stifle, stop, hinder your purpose. And I wanted to show you this because as we were going through uh, our Bible reading for the for the day, and this was in one of the last chapters, Matthew chapter eight. I want you to turn there with me, Matthew chapter eight. I want to bring this out because this jumped off of the page at me. Completely jumped off the page at me. And we're in Matthew chapter 8, and I want you to look at this. I am free for a purpose. Good morning, Brother Ken. I am free for a purpose. Look at this. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 8, and verse 14, listen to this. And when Jesus entered Peter's house. This is Matthew 8, 14. When Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. Verse 15, and he touched her hand and the fever left her. Now look at this. And she rose and began to serve him. You see that? When he came into Peter's house, his mother-in-law was sick, lying down with a fever. And he touched her hand. And the fever left her. Look at the result of the healing, the deliverance, the freedom. And she rose and began to do what? Serve him. Now this is a perfect picture. Who was she serving? Christ. Perfect picture here. After her healing came, she was able to rise up and serve Christ. She was unable. Now look, when Jesus came into the house, she was unable to serve him. She was unable to accomplish her purpose. She was unable to do what she was talented, gifted at doing. Why? Because the attack against her physical body had incapacitated her and pulled literally pulled her out of her purpose. So it's more than just destroying her body. It is now hindering her ability to serve Christ. It's hindering her ability to do what she's called to do, to do what she's tasked with doing. And notice that after Jesus healed her, that she immediately was able to rise up and to accomplish her purpose. I love this. And one of the things we must see is that as we live in bondage, doesn't matter what the bondage is, doesn't matter at all. It could be sickness and disease. It could be depression or anxiety. It could be poverty or lack. It could be unrepentant sin. Notice these things are sent to you to destroy you, but also to keep you out of your personal purpose. And that's the attack of the devil. That's what he wants to do. He does not want you to be able to serve Christ the way you're called to serve him. He wants to keep you in a place of, um, if you will, treading water, staying in one place. I'm not moving forward. I'm just literally trying to maintain and keep my head above water because this attack is so great. But one of the reasons that freedom comes to you from the presence of God is so that you can accomplish what God sent you to do, what Christ sent you to do. There is a purpose on your life. Don't ever minimize that. Don't ever minimize or take for granted what you're called to do. You know, sometimes the devil's a master at that, making you look at yourself and think about how unworthy you are, what all the issues you've gone through. But then when you come out of that, even when you're working for the Lord, you know what the devil says to you? Well, it's pretty insignificant what you're doing for God. You know, if you stopped today, probably nobody would even notice you stopped. You know, if you didn't do what you were called to do, I'm sure nobody would even know. And that's a lie because the Bible's very clear that we need every member of the body Working for the Lord and doing what we're called to do. Look at this in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. Oh, yeah, the enemy hates your influence. No question about that. And it's God who's given you the influence. Look at 1 John 3 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning since the beginning. Now look at this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus actually came for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil. So we know Jesus had a purpose. It wasn't just to bring us into the family through redemption. It was to destroy the works of the devil. And check this out. Because of gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these because I'm going to be with my father. So if he, and we just read it, if he was sent to destroy the works of the devil, well, guess what? You have been sent to destroy the works of the devil and the devil knows it. He absolutely knows it. He knows the power you carry on the inside of you. He knows the glory that you walk in. He knows the impartation that's come to your life. He knows it. He knows you're powerful. And so what does he do? He tries to send attacks against your life to destroy you, but also to put you in an invisible prison so that you cannot accomplish what you're anointed to accomplish. But look what Jesus did. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil. Compare that to John 14, 12. The Bible says the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these because I'm going to be with my father. So if Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil, you have been sent to destroy the works of the devil. And keep this in mind, the devil knows it. The devil knows that you carry that kind of power and that kind of authority. So what's he want to do? He wants to stop you before you begin to do the things that Jesus has called you to do or in the midst of you working. He wants to destroy you so that you will not be able to do what he's called you to do. So the devil doesn't want you accomplishing the purpose that you have been called to accomplish. So what does he do? Tries to send an attack against your life so you will not complete your call and your purpose. But remember this, you are anointed by God to destroy the works of the devil. Anointed by God to destroy the works of the devil. And so it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's sickness and disease Poverty and lack, depression and anxiety, unrepentant sin, it was sent to try to pull you out of your purpose and your calling and your anointing. And so what are we required to do? We are required to be free to continue to do what we're called to do. Notice the moment that she was set free, Matthew chapter 8, this is Peter's mother-in-law. The moment she was set free, she rose up and began to serve Christ. And that's the key. And what was she battling? She was battling sickness. She was battling sickness. It was a fever. But let me go further with you because it wasn't just her, but go with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. Let me show you another one. We look at the prophets of God and understand how powerful these men were, the miracles that they performed and the signs and the wonders. We know God used them in a mighty way to change their generation. Some of them, their generation didn't listen to them like Jeremiah but they continued on doing what God called them to do. Powerful men of the spirit. But do you think just because these men were powerful that the enemy didn't try to attack them? You look at the prophet Elijah, and that's where we're going right now is 1 Kings chapter 19. Look at the prophet Elijah. Even he battled an attack of the enemy and was at the point where he was ready to give it up. I mean, literally, until the Lord refreshed him and brought him out of it. By a word, he, he was ready to give it up. And people don't focus or, or know these things. They think they just went from you know cloud to cloud. But look at this. Go to 1 Kings 19 and let's see what it says. I'm gonna start with verse four. Listen, the Bible says, but he himself, this is Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked the Lord that he might die. Look at that. So Elijah was suicidal because of everything that was coming against him. Of course, Ahab and Jezebel were killing the prophets of God and the people of God. And he sat down under the tree and asked the Lord that he might die. So here's a mighty prophet of God that's battling such severe depression and he's suicidal. He's ready to give it all up. This is an attack of the devil. Look, the Bible says, saying, it's enough now, Lord, take away my life from no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came in a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb. And the Mount of God. Look at this. And there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left that they seek to take my life. And he said, Go out and stand at the Mount of the Lord. And I want you to see this. If you go, I won't read the whole thing, but the Lord gives him a word and begins to encourage him. He said, I've got a bunch of people that haven't bowed their knee to Baal or his prophets. And you go on down and after God gave him the word and refreshed him and anointed him, look at this. He said, I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal. This is verse 18. Every mouth that is not kissed him. And the call of Elijah, look at this. So he departed from there and found the Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the, twil, uh, the the twelve yoke of the oxen in front of him. And was he was with the twelve. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. So what happened? After Elijah was depressed, after Elisha was um, suicidal, literally, the enemy came to attack him. To try to destroy his life and ministry. After that, the Lord refreshed him the Lord not only sent angels to provide food supernaturally. By the way, that wasn't natural food that Elijah ate because notice what the Bible says. After that angel prepared that cake and water for him and he ate it, the Bible says, and he went on the strength of that food for 40 days. I mean, there's, there's no meal that you can eat that's gonna give you strength and sustenance for 40 days. God fed him supernaturally and then also, not not only did God feed him supernaturally, but then God spoke and gave him a word. And that word filled him up and he was refreshed. And he came off of the mountain, Mount Horeb, and came down into the valley and found Elisha. And that's when he continued on in his purpose and found his successor threw his cloak over Elisha's shoulders and called him into the ministry to be with him. And so in the midst of an attack against Elijah's life, battled depression, suicidal thoughts, asking God to kill him and take him out. God refreshed him and gave him something to eat. And then God also gave him a word and refreshed his spirit and delivered him from that depression and delivered him from suicidal thoughts, brought him down off the mountain, and he continued in his purpose. And so there is it's not just that there's an attack. I saw somebody saying, it's not that it's a sneak attack. It's, an all- it's, not, it's not just that the devil's attacking you to kill you. If you were here for the whole broadcast and understood the context, what I'm saying is the sneaky thing is that it's not just to destroy you. What many people never get is it's to stop your purpose. It's to stop your calling. It's to stop your anointing. We get so self-centered and self-focused that we think everything's about us. We honestly think everything is about us. And so we want it just for the sake of us. Remember, you're not called for just you. You're called to your generation. You're called to the people on your job. You're called to the people in your family. You're called to your friends, the people at your school. It's not just about you. You're called for the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of of the earth. It's for others. It's not for you only. And so when the Lord touches you, he's strengthening you to touch somebody else. And the sneaky thing that the enemy is doing is trying to get you to make it all about you so that when you're going through a problem, you're just focused on, well, I need this. I need to get better. And you've got to have bigger vision than that, bigger vision that I'm called, I'm called, I'm purposed. I've got something to accomplish. I can't sit back here and just be treading water or start going backwards. There are literally lives depending on me. Imagine if the person who gave the altar call to see Billy Graham had given up. Imagine if that minister had thrown in the towel. It's just too hard. People aren't listening to me preach. Imagine if he'd thrown in the towel and quit. Before it was too, and then you see someone like Billy Graham is touched and changed by that man's ministry. And then Billy Graham goes throughout the world preaching the gospel. Millions saved. You think about it. It's not just about that preacher, it's not just about what he was going through or the attacks he was facing. He had a purpose. And in his purpose, Billy Graham was saved. And in his purpose, Billy Graham was called into evangelism and evangelized the world. Think of the one who brought T.L. Osborne into the kingdom or Reinhard Bonnke or Bishop Oyedepo or Pastor Boy. Imagine that. Imagine if they'd given up on their purpose and said, well, it's just too hard, too many attacks of the devil. It's not just for you. It's for those that you will impact with your life. And remember this, you never know who you're touching with the power of God. You never know who you're touching with the mighty power of God. And it's not just for you. It's for those you're called to. It's about your purpose. It's about your calling. God has a plan. God, yes, he loves you as an individual. Yes, he wants you healed as an individual. Yes, he wants you delivered from depression as an individual. But he didn't call you to just sit around celebrating your individuality. He called you to touch the world. There is a plan. We are not, we are We are agents of change. We are servants of God. Servants do work. Amen. I want you to write that in the comments. Servants do work. Amen. Put that in the comments section. Servants do work. We're called to work. John chapter nine and verse four, Jesus said, you must work the works of him who sent me while it's yet day for the night is coming. Where no man can work. So, what's he saying? Work now. Work now while we can still work because night is coming and nobody will be able to work. And see, we get so self centered that all, all we think about is us. Well, I need to be blessed. I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. I need to. And the thing is, yes, we should. Absolutely, we should. But remember, it's about others, it's not about us. God loves us, but it's about others. He's not calling us to be selfish and hold the light inside. He said, you don't put your light under a bushel. It's not just to be hidden. You don't hide the light in a bushel. No, you, you uncover it and let the world see the light. Amen. We have a treasure that's hidden in earthen vessels, but it's not to stay hidden in you. It's to go out. Did it stay hidden in Jesus? No. He didn't just get filled with the Holy Ghost or think about this. Jesus didn't just get filled with the Holy Ghost after his baptism and then go sit in a house somewhere and meditate with his father for the next three and a half years and then get, well, we just thank you. Lord. I'm just going to sit in my house and pray in the Holy Spirit and just build up my, no, Jesus went out and started working. Did the apostles on the day of Pentecost get filled with the Holy Ghost and get saved and then go sit back in their houses and just really encourage themselves daily and just, man, I just have such a wonderful relationship with the Lord. Or did they get to work? They got to work because the light that's in you is not just for you. It's to get to work. Servants of God do the work of God. And that's what we're called to do. The work of God. Time's running out. I mean, whether you believe in a rapture or not, I mean, literally, whether you believe it or not, we're seeing signs of the second coming already. If you don't know that, read Matthew 24. Read, read what the Bible says about the second coming of Christ. We're already seeing it. Whether you believe in a rapture or not, I'm not here to debate that with you today. What I'm telling you is time's running out and people don't know Jesus and you're anointed to be an agent of change. You're a servant of God and we need the strength of God to do the work of God. We need the strength of God. In fact, if you're taking notes, write that down because this is the purpose of your deliverance, the purpose of your healing and your breakthrough. Write it down. I need the strength of God to do the work of God. Put it in the comments. I need the strength of God. So do I. I believe in the rapture. I know there's people in our generation that are trying to negate the the thought of the rapture. That's fine. But understand this. I need the strength of God to do the work of God. And I want you to write that down because many people that think they're just going to fly you know fly through life and they you know I can get this done on my own. No, you can't. You need the strength of God to do the work of God. And that's why I I don't just need uh, the God of my righteousness. I need his help to keep me in that place. I need the Holy Ghost. I don't just need to know he's a healer. I need that healing operating in my life daily to keep doing the work. I don't just need a piece that passes all understanding. No, he's a comforter. I need that piece personally to keep me free from depression, anxiety, and fear and suicidal thoughts to keep doing the work. I don't just need to know he's a provider. I need him to provide for me. I need him to keep me out of poverty and lack so that I can go do the work. How much work do you think people are doing that are on their deathbed or that are racked with sickness and disease How much work do you think people are doing that are stricken with poverty and lack? How how effective do you honestly think they are? How much work do you think people are doing that are just sitting around chronically depressed, locked in? Honestly, how much work do you think people are doing that are bound by sin and can't get free? They're not doing the work. They're not doing the work. So these things are traps to keep you back from doing the work and fulfilling your purpose and call. It's more than just, it's all about me. What a selfish message. I mean, people talk like that. What a selfish message, brother. You preach that prosperity message. You preach that healing message. What a selfish. It's not a selfish message. People are geniuses. They're absolute geniuses. It's about the world. It's about this generation. I'm not healed just to go around boasting about the fact that I'm not sick. It's to keep this worker well. Just like my car needs maintenance to continue serving me the way that it should, I need maintenance from the Holy Ghost to keep me working like I should. Oil the joints, Lord. Give me new tires, Lord. I mean, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I need it, Lord. Change me for your glory. Help me. Heal me. Deliver me. Bless me. Whatever it takes. Equip me and send me out to work. And we're servants of God and we do the work of God. And what we need to understand is when the devil attacks, one of the things he wants is to incapacitate a vehicle of God's glory. Hallelujah. Catch this. The devil's desire is to incapacitate a vehicle of God's glory. He wants to shut the vehicles down. If there's no vehicle, nothing's bringing the power of God to the world. God doesn't sovereignly do it. He gave that job to the church. We are the vehicles that bring the power of God. That's right, Luenda. People are going to hell while other people are self-absorbed. Don't. It's not just about you. Your deliverance, your healing, your blessing, your righteousness is a, an equipping force that puts you in position to be a blessing to the world servants of God do the work of God. And so we need to understand this. Christ walked right in, healed Peter's mother-in-law. She rose immediately and began to serve him. As, As Elijah was going through depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts, the Lord fed him and spoke to him and sent him out again and refreshed him for his purpose. And he continued on in his purpose, raised up the next generation of prophetic voice and then was caught up in a chariots of fire. Think about it. It didn't stop. Depression didn't stop Elijah. Suicidal thoughts didn't stop Elijah. God brought deliverance to him and he kept on doing what he was called to do. Because your freedom is for a purpose. Amen. Your freedom is for a purpose. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. The same thing happened to Jesus. And in this time, see, I'm not teaching you that you have to go through it in order to defeat it. I'm saying if you're in the middle of it right now, you can defeat it and be free and step up again in your purpose. If you're sick, God will heal you. If you're depressed, anxious, fearful, God will deliver you, give you joy and peace. If you're broke, God will bless you and give you the resources to bless others. If you're bound by sin, God will forgive you. And he'll put you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And the Bible says he'll become the God of your righteousness, Jehovah Sitkanu. And the Holy Ghost will keep you. Those are attacks against your purpose and your individuality. But if you're in it, you can come out of it. But remember this, you don't have to get in it if you're not in it. Don't believe this lie. Well, we never know what tomorrow will bring. I do. It's going to bring healing. It's going to bring blessing. It's going to bring peace. It's going to bring joy. It's going to bring comfort because the faithful people of God receive the blessings of God. I know what May is going to bring for me. I don't sit there and say, oh, we never know what May is going to bring, brothers. It may bring death to many of us. It's not going to bring death to me. It's not going to bring death to me. I'm not dying in May. I'm not dying in 2020. I'll live a long life, a long life. If Jesus tarries and the rapture does not take place, I will live to be an old man. I'll be the wrinkliest preacher on the face of the earth. Wrinkles everywhere. I'll, well, of course, I'll do my best to be in shake, but wrinkles everywhere. I just want you to know it. I'm not dying in May. I'm not dying in 2020. I'm not dying in 2025. I will live a long life. Like the Bible said, with long life will he satisfy you. Long life. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, brother. Stop listening to knuckleheads like that. Genius preacher. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. That's what the sinner says. The sinner doesn't know. Because he's got no covenant with God. He could die tomorrow. He could die tomorrow. The only, the only way I ever say, we don't know, you know, in that kind of a context is that Jesus could come back. I live today like he could come back tomorrow or tonight. And so, yes, I understand that, that Jesus may come at any time. Of course, I understand that. But I'm not going around saying, wait, because this is the context. I'm not saying I predict the future. But in one sense, you can predict it in knowing what God's desire and will is for your life. He doesn't have any desire that you walk into sickness tomorrow. God not, doesn't have a desire that you go bankrupt tomorrow. You lose your marriage tomorrow. You lose your kids tomorrow. That's not God's desire. And if you're faithful to his word, then he will do what he said he would do. So in one sense, you can say by uh, faith and conviction what you what you believe is taking place tomorrow. I'm not walking into sickness and disease. We don't know what holds tomorrow. I know what what, what tomorrow holds. For me, anyway. As I stay faithful to this word, tomorrow holds healing for me. Tomorrow holds blessing for me. Tomorrow holds peace and joy for me. Tomorrow holds holiness for me. Tomorrow holds protection for me. The devil had no right to come in and, and violate my covenant. Who does the devil think he is? He's going to violate my covenant. He has no entrance. He has no entrance. And so I don't talk like that. I don't sit around saying those types of things. I say that what the word of God says is true and it's true over my life, whether people like it or not. People can fight against that revelation if they want. I'm not offended by that. Believe what you want to believe, but I'll believe what I believe and I'll see the truth of it activated in my own life. And so will you if you believe it in Jesus' name. And so notice that you don't have to be in the problem to come out or stay free from the problem. Jesus was never in a problem. Remember that. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. That was for you in the back. That's right. Declare it, Scotty. My best days are ahead of me. You better believe it. Because the path of the just is a shining light that gets brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Jesus was never in a problem. You know, Jesus was never in sin. Jesus was never sick. Jesus was not in poverty. I've proved that to you through a broadcast a couple of days ago. Jesus wasn't in poverty. He wasn't in sin, he wasn't in sickness, he wasn't in poverty, but he became those things. But look at this, the devil still tried to tempt him. You don't think the devil tried to tempt Jesus? Look at Luke chapter four. The Bible says that the devil tried multiple times to tempt our Lord and he was tempted in all points as we are. Look at Luke four and verse three. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, Command this stone to be made bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And then the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, I'll give you all uh, all this authority and their glory for it's been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it'll be all yours. Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He'll command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands he'll bear you up unless your foot strike against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him with a more opportune, till a more opportune time. You see that? You see that he tempted him to fall into these traps and notice even in the temptation, what was, what was the devil trying to do? The devil was trying his very best to stop the purpose of Jesus. Do you realize how many times the devil tried to stop the purpose of Jesus? Herod, you read it if you're, if you're following with us in the Bible reading challenge, Herod, When he heard that the king of the Jews was being born, he killed every baby boy that was two or younger, trying to stop the purpose, trying to kill and murder to do it. Notice that. You may not know this. Go all the way back. Go all the way back to the old covenant where fallen angels laid down and had sex with human women. The Bible talks about in the book of Genesis and they produced giants in the land, but they were producing an unclean race of people. It's where Goliath came from, an unclean race of people, tainted blood, a tainted bloodline. I know I haven't taught about this on the broadcast, but it's a tainted bloodline, demonic uh, spawn. That's why God had no problem wiping them all out, had zero problem, because the Bible says fallen angels, demon spirits, had sexual relations with human women, and that's where the race of giants came from on the earth. And the Bible calls them heroes of old. But notice what they were trying to do, trying to pollute the bloodline of Christ so that Christ could never come to the earth through a bloodline that was pure. But notice the Bible says that Noah was pure. If you study that, one of the things you'll find is that nowhere in his lineage did he have any connection with any of that bloodline of that was impure. That was from that. That's exactly right, Tammy. Jude, the book of Jude tells us that all of those angels that committed that act of sexual fornication with women are now chained in Tartarus under the earth. They've already been punished immediately and then they'll be, then they'll be eternally punished at the end. But I'm telling you that throughout time, the devil tried to stop Jesus' purpose, but he could not stop the purpose of Christ. He tried to hinder him in his call, tried to hinder him in his purpose. People tried to murder Jesus while he was on the earth. You can't murder the master. He had the power to lay his life down and the power to take it back up again. Hallelujah. Had the power to lay it down and he had the power to take it back up. What I'm preaching to you today is that it's more than just about you. You are free for a purpose. You're called to accomplish the works of God. If nobody has encouraged you this week other than me, let me do it again. You're anointed. You're full of glory. You're full of power. You're full of authority. You're full of purpose. God has called you. He set you apart. The devil can't stop you. The devil doesn't have the resources to stop you. So be encouraged today that you have a powerful purpose in Christ. And you need to pursue it. And if there's anything that's holding you back from fully pursuing your purpose and doing what God's called you to do, the power of God is available to you today to set you free. To set you free. And so if you're sick today, he's your healer. He is your healer. If you're battling depression or anxiety uh, today, suicidal thoughts, he's your comforter. He's your peace. He's your joy. If you're literally battling with poverty and lack, he gave you a way out of that. He gave you the system of seed time and harvest. That as you obey the word to tithe and to give, guess what? He has a plan to bless you financially and provide for you. Do you know how many, do you know how many uh, testimonies that we've gotten even through this time during the quarantine of people being supernaturally blessed by God? Let me read another one that, uh, that came in. Listen to this. And I retweeted it. Just got to find it. Um, Brother Jeff sent this in on Twitter. Ted, praise report. You came to Roswell in January. I'm the one whose income tripled during this famine. Lockdown, I've made more than any previous year. The Lord has blessed us way beyond our imagination. Everything you said about accelerated increase is manifesting. The Lord is good and his presence is all we desire, looking forward to your return. So here's somebody that's telling us that even in a time that looks like famine for many, that what we've been declaring is taking place, violent increase, expedited favor. Do you know how many testimonies we've had like that come through? A ton, because God is blessing his people. God is blessing his people. And understand this, That's Mary's. that's Mary's husband. Jeff and and Mary Richards. I'm telling you, power of God is moving among his people. And there's nothing the devil can do to stop it. God is providing for his children. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's a comforter. So understand, no matter if you are struggling today or if you're not, if you are, he'll set you free and you can fully accomplish your purpose with nothing holding you back. If you're not battling it, guess what? God will keep you free from it. One of the things that we've been confessing, and I changed my prayers to even pray like this, is to just as like, just like today is a perfect example, May the 1st, May the 1st. Thank you, Jesus, that April came to an end with no issues, no sickness, no disease, no calamity, no problems, no accidents, nothing, nothing, nothing. Why? Because he's keeping us in perfect peace. He's keeping us. Keeping, that's that's a powerful revelation. We need to get that in our spirit. I want somebody to put it in the comments. He's keeping me. I want you to write that down. He's keeping me. God is keeping me in perfect peace. It's exactly right. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast because I feel the anointing. And those of you that the devil's been attacking you I'm opening your eyes to this from the word of God, because we need to understand the devil wants to stop or hinder our purpose, and he will not be able to do it. In 2020, we will produce more than we've ever produced in any year in Jesus' name. We'll be more effective, more impactful, more productive in one year than in five years combined, and we'll see it in Jesus' name. We will absolutely see it in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I'm praying right now for your people, your precious people. Maybe they're battling today. I take authority over that sickness and disease that tries to touch their body and keep them in a place where they can't function the way that you've called them to function. Take authority over that weakness that's tried to overtake their flesh in Jesus' name. I rebuke depression. I rebuke anxiety and fear. I rebuke panic attacks. I rebuke suicidal thoughts in Jesus' name. I command you to be free today in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, for those that are sowing, those that are faithful, those that are obeying the word, we thank you that even during this time, what looks like a famine, that provision is coming in from every direction. Provision, hallelujah, is coming in from every direction by the power of God. And we give you glory, Lord. Lord, keep us free from sin. Let the Holy Spirit keep us convicted of sin. Keep us free from sin. Let you, I, I thank you, Lord, that you are our righteousness. Jehovah Sitkanu, the God of our righteousness. Thank you for letting us take part in your righteousness. Your word declares that our righteousness is like filthy rags, but you are the one who has made us the righteousness of God in Christ. And so we thank you for your righteousness. Keep us in holiness. Let us please you with every decision in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you. We give you praise and glory. If you believe it, throw hands up in the comments. Give God praise, glory. If you want to shout in your house, shout and say, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me, for keeping me. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Good one. One said, I've been using the prayer points that you shared. So powerful. Thank you. If you guys want the prayer points too, they're available in the app. Just search Miracle Word on the App Store, the Google Play Store. Our app is free, and within it, we give you those prayer points. And they're available for you. And they'll help you too. I promise you that. That's it. Throw those hands up if you believe it and if you receive it. In Jesus' mighty name. That's it. there's sister Pam Rice. Love you. Love you guys very much. and Looking forward to, to seeing you guys. Let me encourage you. It's the first day of May. We're we're crossed over. We're fully crossed over into a new month. Fully crossed over into a new month. Let me encourage you to start the month right and sow something that takes faith. Step out and sow a seed of faith. Something that moves your flesh and moves your heart. Do it by faith today and set yourself up for the month of miracles that we're confessing. The month of miracles we're believing for. Sow something by faith and step out on the water like Peter did, on the word. I don't believe that Peter walked on water. I believe Peter walked on the words of Christ. Because when Christ gives you an, a command or an instruction, trust me when I tell you, hey, Grace, love you. Trust me when I tell you, you can walk on that word and do the impossible. So let him give you a word. Cash app is available, Juan. It's dollar sign M W Give. Same username for Venmo, if anybody on that uses Venmo. Hashtag Donate if you're on uh, Periscope or Facebook. PayPal's available. And then, of course, MiracleWord.com, the easiest way to sow a seed that there is. Just go to the website, and you can sow one there. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate that. But take a minute. And those of you that feel to partner with us, let's start in May. Start on this first day of May and step out in partnership. We've had multiple people that have said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that the Lord's leading me to partner with you. Start in the month of May, this month of miracles. And join with us as we're touching the world with the power of God. Go to miracleword.com and right there, click the partner button and stand with us. God will bless you for it. Do you know how many wonderful testimonies have come back from partners that have said, my God, I I love it. People write them in the comments. I love it. The other day, Pastor Rhonda, she wrote, every time I've partnered with your ministry, I've seen extreme increase in my life if we have any partners that are in the comments right now if you've had that kind of an experience on facebook youtube periscope that god has just blessed you for your faithfulness in partnership throw a hand up or somebody throw a, a heart or a thumbs up whatever it might be let us know see because people need to understand god has a plan to bless them but they've got to do it the way that he's set up to bless them his system is seed time and harvest and so thank you loenda loenda's been so faithful Juan, thank you so much for sowing a seed. Look at Jackie Blake throwing hands up in the comments section. We know, loenda has been blessed. We've seen the blessing of God. Julie's been blessed. Look at that. Just testimonies that God has increased us, Bonnie and Daryl Benedict, that have been faithful. Amen. Abundant blessings. That's what I'm talking about, Mary Sue. Water walking. Lynn Armstrong, who we love. God's blessed her. Generous spirits. Yes. Mary. It's, it's amazing, absolutely amazing that God keeps doing what he said he would do over and over and over. We'll never be without. We will never be without in Jesus' name. We will abound in every good thing. You will abound. Letty's been blessed. Just looking at Letty's testimony, it's amazing. She started, what was it, Letty? You started at $20, and now God has uh, leveled you up multiple times and now you're, you're, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing to see how fast God has, uh, has blessed Letty. Look at Ann, Mike LaValle, and Caitlin. It's just amazing. Started at $10, that's right. And God has leveled you up. Letty leveled, got leveled up by the Holy Ghost. No man can do it. The promotion comes from the Lord. And the same will happen for you. As you look at that, she started at $10 a week. And God leveled her up to $50 a week. Think about that. Think about that. A 500% increase. That's supernatural. Supernatural. That's right, Sean. He always keeps a ram in the thicket. God's got a blessing for you. And so I'm encouraging you. And obviously, for those of you that are standing with us in this month, uh, this month of uh, May, we're going to be sending you my friend, Pastor Alan Meshagan. This book that he released, Heir of Power, this is one of the most powerful books. And he's such a a phenomenal preacher with great revelation on the word. Anybody standing with us at $85 or more this month, we're going to be sending you this book. You can claim your offer at miracleword.com forward slash offer so that we know we have your address uh, set up properly. We don't want to miss you. This is the book right here from my friend, Pastor Alan Meshagan. Uh, powerful book on the knowing who you are in Christ, being a joint heir with Christ Jesus, your identity, stuff we talked about today. It will bless you. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Lynn just got another raise on top of the other raises that she's gotten. I'm telling you, it's amazing. You know what somebody told me? Somebody told me that they couldn't believe that their company uh, gave them another raise because they'd already gotten a raise and then their company called them in and they got another raise. They were telling me how much percent they're up over not even six months. It's supernatural. Letty said her business never stopped and new clients came in. God's doing the work. God does the work. It's supernatural. And I love it. I absolutely love to see God work and bless his people. And I'm praying. If you don't think I'm standing for you, I'm trust me, I am. I'm praying for you. Believing for you, I'm saying God bless your people. Let May be in such an explosive month. That's what I'm believing for, explosive. Blows people's minds to see what God's doing in your life. By the way, if you didn't get a chance to join us yet, we're doing this New Testament challenge in the month of May, 30 days to read the New Testament. Go to miracleword.com forward slash study and download your guide and then we have videos on that page to supplement as we're uh, going through the, the New Testament this month. Literally, it's just nine chapters a day. Very, very easy to do. Nine chapters a day. Uh, and you'll get through the, It takes less time to do that than to watch an episode on Netflix. Seriously. And can you imagine going through the New Testament every month? How much you would glean from the Spirit of God. And that's what we're doing. So I want to encourage you to join us. Thank you guys for standing with us sowing seeds. We love you more than you know. We really do. We really, really do. Any questions today that anybody has before we uh, before we go? And I'm going to uh, play one of my favorite songs for you guys. I think you might be able to guess what it is. Maybe you won't though. Love you, Mary Sue. And Jeff, Julie, love you too. Love you very much. <laughs> I'm going to play this because it, it gets me excited. <laughs> We're leaving with a praise break today, by the way. Leaving with a praise break. Hey, don't forget. Don't forget. I'm so excited. I'm going to read my own book, see if I actually did a good job. It's out, further, faster. And uh, I'm, I'm going to read it and then critique myself. and Then yell at myself. <laughs> we'll play the Kenneth Hagin vid again soon, Andrew, and... I will, uh, I've will. i got some other Kenneth Hagin videos that I want to play. Powerful. Working on the album, Juan, I don't have a release date right now. I'm sorry for the delay. We're working in post-production on it. We'll get it out ASAP. I promise you that. I love you guys so much. Have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. I'll see you tonight, 9 o'clock. And we're coming back. How to have never-ending victory. Keys to never-ending victory. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss it. I love you. And we'll talk to you very soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.